Welcome everyone to Unscrew the News. It's Bruce Scholl, and I have a fantastic new guest from Saskatchewan. It's Russell from the Canadian Conservative Podcast. I'm really excited to have him on because we're going to talk a little bit about Remembrance Day and his thoughts, and uh, we're just going to have a conversation about uh, Remembrance Day and uh, November 11th and uh, remembering our soldiers uh, remembering our our active members, and uh, anyway, welcome to Unscrew the News, sir. Bruce, thank you very much for having me on the show today. I'm excited to uh, dive into these topics. Yeah, it's exciting to uh, to be able to. You know, I, I've said this uh, a couple of times. I've done two podcasts just in regard to Remembrance Day specifically, but to me, this day. It's so important because we only are remembering our soldiers, um, remembering the sacrifice that families and people have paid their lives for, for one day. It seems like it's, um, it's a tradition that people are willing to let go or to have other things, um, you know, take the place of it. And I, for one... I'm not. I to me it is it is critically important because as a foundation for our country, as a foundation for our people and our society, you know, I may not agree with all of the wars, but I do agree that when someone has paid the price, the ultimate price, or has been injured or has gone to war and and come back, we need to to recognize that sacrifice no matter what that was. Well, I definitely agree, Bruce. Remembrance Day is a Canadian tradition. It is one of our most long-standing traditions. It's a very it's a very out there tradition. People wear the poppy. Um, they they participate in the act of remembrance. My uh, grandfather, um, on my mother's side, he served in World War II. He was in the uh, Air Force. And, you know, he did not go overseas. He stayed in Canada preparing stuff to go overseas. And I just, you know, I used to look up to him a lot when I was a kid. You know, I, I thought, you know, my grandpa was part of something important. He was, mm-hmm. he was a member of something important and one of the most historical events in modern history. Right. Yeah. It, it was a, a, a very dark time, I think, in, in our history. And, um, you know, we, most of us probably know one of our relatives uh, that, has, that has been sacrificed and, uh, and paid the price for Canada. So now you had mentioned that you do a lot of volunteering. And from what I understand from some of my friends, um, we touched on the NLA, so uh, we won't get necessarily into that, but um, there is a connection, and I appreciate you coming on uh, when I reached out to you and asked you to to be here. So tell us a little bit about uh, some of the other other instances. I think that you mentioned um, uh, the Legion, and you wanted mm-hmm. to talk about the Legion a bit. Yeah, so my first connection with the Legion started when I was 12 years old. I was actually an Army cadet years and years ago, and we actually paraded out of a Legion hall. And the Legion was heavily involved in being part of the cadet corps. And so 
it became part of my identity. You know, I, it, I was there once a week for seven years at this Legion hall. And so I got to meet many of the different members. I got to meet uh, several veterans that way. And it really, um, it really instilled the importance of volunteering and community service and learning more about the Legion. I know a lot of people these days, they don't have very positive view of the Legion. I can understand why. Um, I think it's fair to say that the Legion has strayed from its original intent somewhat. Mm -hmm. And I know that there was a lot of um, uproar when they allowed membership to be extended to uh, non-military and non-RCMP personnel because RCMP personnel and military members are considered ordinary members. Right. And they opened it up to associates. So that's kind of like direct relatives of the um of military uh veterans and rcmp members and then they open it up to affiliate which is just members of the public Mm -hmm. and i think over the years there's been a bit of a takeover of the legion by a lot of associate and affiliate members who don't understand military tradition they don't understand a lot of things, and some of them are military posers. I mean, I'll give a shout out to Stolen Valor Canada for unearthing a lot of these posers. And it, and then there's the response over COVID and Legion shutting down. So to give a bit of context, after I was done with the cadet program, I actually became a member of the Legion. Um, I was a reservist for 13 years in the military. Mm, okay. And I didn't do any combat or anything like that, but I was a reservist for 13 years. And I started doing a lot of volunteering with the Legion. And what a lot of people don't know is that the Legion, it's their job to put on Remembrance Day ceremonies. That's their main job. Mm -hmm. And the poppy donation drive. Those are those two, those are the two big things that they're responsible for. And the other things as well, like veteran support and things like that. The job of the Legion is not to host a meet draw on Friday nights and, and things like that. Those are all the extra sort of things that you see, like the like the the club stuff and the and the right. bar stuff and that. And so if the Legion goes, then a lot of the Remembrance Day ceremonies, they go as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, there's other veterans organizations, the Army, Navy, Air Force Veterans Club. Um, there's a there's there's many different ones that people can join. There's been a bunch of new ones that have sprung up recently from people that are disenfranchised with the Legion. And I just, you know, the Legion has the domain over the poppy. They have the domain over setting up Remembrance Day ceremonies. And that's a very important thing. Mm-hmm. And if we just allow that to go away, then it's a Canadian tradition that goes away. Who's going to step in to fill the void? Right. And it it's kind of disheartening when I see people saying, "Well, screw the Legion, let it burn." And I say, "Okay, that's fine. Let it let it burn. Who's going to put on these Remembrance Day ceremonies? It's not going to be the Canadian Armed Forces, and that they're they're not." They don't have the ability to do those things. That's the responsibility of the Legion. Right. And so 
And when I hear people say, well, what's the Legion done for me? Well, to me, that's the wrong attitude. It's not just about what the Legion has done for the person. It's about what can I do for the Legion so that we can enjoy, you know, the services the Legion provides in a broader category. So Mm. across the board to all military personnel and veterans and RCMP members where I I will, sorry, go ahead. Where I, where I definitely see another disconnect was the veterans charter. Um, There was a lot of people that were upset about the Legion taking the side of the government over the uh, veterans charter. There was a lot of criticism about the veterans charter. If I remember correctly, the veterans charter came into effect in 2006. I could be wrong. And there was a lot of criticism about lump sum payouts and uh, just some of the other sort of um, sort of provisions in there. And I will admit that there has been members that some of them never even served in the military that have told people, well, you know, you were just on a peacekeeping mission. You weren't you weren't really, you know, in a combat, you know, situation and very ignorant, very uninformed. Um and, and I've seen it. I've seen, it, I've heard it. I've heard people say things like that. And I think it's very important that when people say things like that, that we confront them and we remind them that it, that anyone that's gone overseas for any operation, whether it be peacekeeping, whether it be the war in Afghanistan, whether it be even medical and relief missions, that they're veterans and they need to be treated with the respect that they deserve and the respect that they earned. And if people can't find that, well, maybe, maybe they need to take a step back and let people that are serious and let people that are going to represent, you know, a veterans advocacy group uh, to the forefront. Mm. You know, um, speaking of the uh, a legion and, and uh, uh, its membership, you had mentioned uh, previously that it is different uh, in in every area. So each each of the legions, uh, whether it's a city or whether it's a different province, uh, are run differently. And, and absolutely, you're, you're, yeah, you're right about that. I think that um, I and in regard to bringing in members, you know, one of the things I think that they probably started to bring in other members was because of the uh, a lack of. Um, input from veterans. So they probably needed to increase that base and increase their membership. Uh, that's the only thing I can think of because I'm not, a, I'm not a member and um, I never have been, but uh, it's really interesting that you say that. I think that um, we need to maybe look at revamping what that means, right? Maybe the Legion has to, has to, uh, find some way of uh, of coming into 2023 and um you know not just about poppies but what we're talking about right now is how remembrance day is losing its glitter or losing its uh, shine and because so i'm hoping that we can that people will pay attention to remembrance day and will honor the day, um, you know, I don't think that we need a week, and I don't think that we need a month or a season to to do it. But I think that it's just important to make sure that it uh, 
that we do pay the attention that's necessary. Um, you know, well, I, I definitely agree. And, and also, you know, looking at, looking at the Legion, for example, yeah. um, during COVID lots of legions closed down, closed their doors. There was actually a directive for legions not to be open during COVID. And that really was very off putting to a lot of people. And I, and I understand why, um, for example, the legion that I was part of, I was the president of the local legion. And when we got the announcement that we were not to do a remembrance day service, I went to the membership and I went to my executive committee and I said, okay, we can't hold an in-person remembrance day service. So then I asked them, I said, what are your thoughts on that? And they said, well, we need to do something. And I said, absolutely. We need to do something. We can't not do anything. Right. And I said, you know, what and I, and I gathered people's opinions on it and and I, and that includes there's several people on the executive who are veterans. We have World War II veteran, we have veteran of the uh, Korean War, and we have a veteran that uh, was engaged in uh, peacekeeping operations. So then I said to them, I said, okay, we want to make sure that we're doing something that has meaning and something that is impactful but we just can't do it in person and the, and the executive and the membership. And remember this includes veterans as well. They were worried about COVID. Um, the majority of the people that I was involved with at that Legion are elderly. They're in their eighties and nineties and they f- believe in, you know, whether you think COVID is a hoax or not, they had a legitimate concern that they were in the highest risk category. Sure. And so they said, okay, we need to do something though. So what we ended up doing is we held a Remembrance Day service, but we did it via video. And so what we did is we videotaped the service. We read out the honor roll. We did wreath laying. So I went around and picked up wreaths from all these different people and organizations. And we made sure that everyone had their names read out that gave donations for REITs. And then we, what we did is we sent out a private link to everyone in town that wanted to be part of it. And they were able to tune in and participate virtually. And then afterwards we actually went and we put all the wreaths at the cenotaph in town and we encouraged people if they felt comfortable to come by and pay their own individual respects. And we felt that that was the best that we could do, given the circumstances that we couldn't hold an Mm -hmm. in-person Remembrance Day ceremony. Wow, it sounds like you you really honored them, so thank you. Well, and and I understand some people are going to disagree and say we should have just held one anyways and that, but again, this is coming from the membership. The majority of people that were part of this legion Um, I've moved since then. And so I've moved to a different Legion now and, um, and they're and that Legion still doing quite well, but we just wanted to make sure we did something and I needed to take the consideration of the community of the members and of the veterans in the Legion branch that I was part of into consideration. And that's what they wanted. Yeah. And so we did the best that we could given the circumstances. And I understand some people will say, well, you know, that's not good enough. And, and I mean, and that's fair. That's their right to say that. And that's their criticism. And I just hope that 
at the end of the day, we were able to provide the act of remembrance in a meaningful way to people. And that, you know, we, we represented the veterans in our community and the people that went and fought and died for our country that lived in that community, um, that we remembered them appropriately. Well, I, I think that you did everything that uh, you could possibly do uh, under the circumstances, like you said. And, um, you know, I, I don't hold anybody at fault for, for you know, <laughs> being in their 80s and, and uh, being afraid of, of something that that was, uh, you know, they are in their in their in the prime in the prime age of of uh, you know being infected. So I completely understand that. It's uh, you, you know, it's really different hearing your stories about the Legion. Uh, I'm guessing it sounds like it's a smaller town that you were that you were a part of. It um, was a small town. Yeah, and and but when that, I- it's really it's really different. Um, you know, uh, uh, from from Calgary, it's a big city, and the Legion is not as as important. Like I said, I've never I've never been to a Legion before, and I've never been a part of one. Um, you know, had I been in a small town, I think it probably would have been something that would be um, more prevalent for me. Um, yeah, I don't know if you have any thoughts about that. Well, small town legions, a lot of the times. Cause I'm big on volunteerism. I believe, mm-hmm. I don't believe that we're going to change the rod in the federal government anytime soon at any level. I don't think that we're going to change the rod in a lot of the provincial areas anytime soon. I believe in communitar- communityism, where the biggest and best impact that people can make is by volunteering and being active members in their local community, knowing their neighbors, mm-hmm. being part of, organizations and even if it's a business association, but many small towns still have legions and those legion halls are where people gather there, where people go to tell stories or where people go to see portraits, you know, black and white photos of people from a different time Mm -hmm. and are able to observe them and, and honor them in their own way. Now, I've had good experiences at legions. I understand many people haven't the legion that I was a member of in Ontario before I moved out West after I saw common sense. Um, (laughs) I mean, the legion there was very, very connected to the military community. Um, During, uh, during the Afghanistan war, um, when people came back from the war Um, the Legion I was part of, they would gather, um, members to go and greet them at the airport. Uh, there's still a book that's there and it's a very, very well put together book of every single person, uh, Canadian soldier that lost their lives in fighting the war on terror and stabilizing the, the, uh, Afghanistan and Iraq region. And they really do try to engage with the military community, with the veteran community. And I know that's not the story that we hear from a lot of places, but that was to me, the Legion there was doing what the Legion was supposed to be doing, advocating Mm -hmm. for veterans, advocating for military personnel, remembering and just finding unique ways to be part of the, the uh, community. I know, um, the Legion I was part of there. Um, so in the military, they have the 
battle fitness testing. So it's a forced ruck march over an extended period of time. And I know the Legion there that what they actually did is they manned the, uh, the hydration stations along the way. So when the, when the soldiers were doing their forced ruck march, they had a table, they had tables set up along the way and they, and they were, and they had, you know, cold water there and we're clapping for them and encouraging them on and stuff like that. And, you know, that's a way that they can have presence and still support the military community. Um, I, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk about the Poppy campaign for a second. Yeah, please do. So I heard um, someone else um, that was a previous guest on your show say that they do not wear the Poppy from the Legion. And you know what? That's their right. And I fully support their right. That's their right to freedom of expression. And I don't, I don't uh, condemn them at all for it. In fact, I encourage people to um, engage in their rights at whenever possible. And but I will say this: there's lots of different poppies out there, and I've seen people like someone wore like a white poppy once, and everyone was losing their minds. And I said, "Well, that's their right to do so." At the end of the day. People died for the freedoms of this country, and that's the freedom if they choose to wear a poppy that's white instead of red. That's that's their choice. I may disagree with it, but that's their choice, and that's their right, and I have to respect their right. Now, I, mm-hmm. I don't have to respect the the fact that they're, you know, um, wearing a poppy that I don't think actually represents all veterans and military personnel and RCMP that served but I have to respect their right to wear it. And that's what we, that's the price we have in a free society. Um, But the poppy campaign, when people, uh, the only thing I worry about with these other poppies and stuff like that, the poppy campaign with a few exceptions where there has been abuse is pretty heavily monitored. So it's not money that can just be spent on anything. It's, Mm -hmm. it is pretty heavily monitored. And the poppy money from that's donated is to be put back into veterans organizations um, or sorry, not veterans organizations back into veterans in the community, um, whether it be by providing direct support, whether it be purchasing medical equipment, things like that. So some of the examples where I've seen and been part of the uh, poppy drive um donations is uh we actually at the one legion branch i was a member of we actually uh contacted the the north saskatchewan regiment and we actually um asked them we said what do you need what do you need and they said well there's been a new initiative to get back you know the the fit soldier right um, soldiers need to be more fit. You know, our, our military has gotten a little, uh, little obese and that tire so. around the tire around the, uh, <laughs> <laughs> and so they, uh, they, they said, you know, if you can help out with that. So we reached out to our, um, our regional command and we just said, Hey, let, or sorry, provincial command. And we said, okay, this is what we want to do. We want to make a donation of exercise equipment that will be at the local armory and that the North Saskatchewan regiment members can use. And the uh, provincial command kind of, they were kind of humming and they're like, okay, well that's definitely a unique request. 
but we they looked into it we kind of looked at we looked very deeply at the regulations to make sure everything was good and we found it was a sound uh use of the funds and that was something could be justified and that so we purchased um what did we purchase a squat rack and a bunch of like uh, a bunch of uh different uh barbells and stuff like that and that was our um and that was and that was our contribution other uh, uses that I've been part of included we we contacted the uh, local hospital and they had several uh, veterans that were there and we talked to the veterans. We went down there, myself and Carol, uh, she's since passed away. Uh, we went down there, we talked to those people and one of the things they said is that they, they didn't like the mattresses. The mattresses the hospital had sucked <laughs> and, and they did. So what we did is we used the... Uh, poppy funds and again we're talking to veterans we're talking to people that served and they said that that they would like some new mattresses so we bought we bought some special kind of orthopedic mattresses that they could that they could have and and the and then we also asked the uh the found the hospital foundation what else can we do to support and we ended up we used the um the poppy money to buy a specialized eye surgery machine chair or something like that. I can't remember exactly what it was and that, and, and it's, and it's now part of the hospital. So not only are we serving veterans, we're serving current members and we're serving the community. And that's what the Legion's supposed to be about. Um, And, you know, not the, not not what you kind of see online, which is where you got associate members wearing the Legion uniform right. and that kind of trying to pass themselves off as veterans and stolen valor and all that. There's still legions out there doing good work, trying to balance, because at the end of the day, the the Legion the Legion there, they still have a like a clubhouse, I guess, and it has a bar and stuff like that. And so really these legions we have to remember they're they're actually two businesses mm-hmm. one business is the bar that that's its own business managing the bar managing the clubhouse and that and then the second part of the business is engage you know engaging those community events whether it be remembrance right. day decoration day flag day canada day those are all very important events you know the one legion i was part of their responsibility was to put Canada Canada Day on every year. Hmm. So you lose the legion in that community. Who is going to fill the void, right? Who is going to fill the void? And that's my question. Who's going to fill the void? There's a lot of specialized groups. I mean, they're OSI occupational stress, or sorry. um, Yeah. OSI groups, occupational stress injury, PTSD, PTSI. There's all these little groups and I think they do great work in their communities. There's one I can think of um, right now that works with veterans and first responders in Saskatchewan, and they're fantastic. But they have a very, very specific focus. They're not going to be putting on Canada Day. Their right. job is to provide mental health emergency and ongoing mental health support to people with occupational stress injuries and PTSD, whatever the name of the day is for it. Yeah. So, so based on what you've, what you've said, what, what I can imagine uh, is that 
it sounds like, you know, the, the way that you're speaking and, and I know Canadians myself and I can speak for Albertans is that we're resilient. And if, if they're, you know, God forbid that there wasn't a legion in these ta- in these towns like you're talking about because they kind of are the hub, right? And but I, I think as Canadians we we are that brand. And you talked about volunteerism, and I want to talk about that in a second. But I think you know let let's hope that we can we can turn around these areas and the legions so that they so that they are representing you know what they need to and they're filling that that uh, space and you know being a part of the community but something needs to happen and so this is going to the volunteerism that you talked about what do you think the spark is you know that that gets people to volunteer because i i totally understand where you're coming from and i and i and i truly believe that that, that is uh, the canadian uh, persona and and that's who we are. But right now, don't you think that we're kind of in a fog and, and people are so transfixed with media and their phones and, you know, Hollywood and other things that are just so not important that th- these are one-on-one relationships that we, that we're talking about. Right. And they're in-person relationships. So I think, I think something big some sort of a spark needs to happen. And unfortunately it's usually when some sort of a disaster happens. Uh, And I don't know where you live specifically in Saskatchewan, but here in Calgary, when we had the floods in 2023 and 2013, which is I guess 10 years ago now, um, people, there was no question. People just came together and, and, you know, that's kind of the, when when we speak about legions, I mean those people all got all gathered because they all came back from World War II and they needed you know they needed some camaraderie and they needed to to be able to speak to somebody that understood them and had their back right and uh, so we need to find that spark again is is kind of what I'm getting to but I don't know if you if you have any ideas around that. Well, I got lots of ideas around it. Um, what I'm really tired of hearing on in the online spheres about doom merchants and grifters and and that saying it's all hopeless, it's all falling apart, and the only solution is to tear the system down and to just let it burn, and then we'll rise up from the ashes of that burnt system and somehow fix things which most likely they won't. They'll just be very authoritarian and awful towards everyone. Um, Volunteerism to me, I've been a community volunteer for a very long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And not just with the Legion, uh, with other organizations as well. Uh, Most notably, I was a long-time volunteer with the Canadian Red Cross and disaster management and that as well. And it's... um, I think there's lots of volunteers in our communities already, and they're the unsung heroes of our communities, really. Um, Once you start volunteering on a regular basis, you're going to meet other people, and then you're going to see that there's a core group of community volunteers that make a lot of things happen, Mm -hmm. Uh, whether it be the Optimist Club, the Elks Club, the Legion, the Red Cross, 
whatever it, the minor hockey league, the the volunteer um, parents council on a at a school, things like that. You'll notice that generally, when a person volunteers at one place, they generally volunteer at multiple places. And and I, I mean, I'm not a psychologist or anything like that, but I definitely think that there's a predisposition for some people towards volunteerism and philanthropy and stuff like that. Um, and and we need to celebrate those people. And we need to encourage this in our communities. Right. I, I really do. Um, because guess what? The federal government's not coming to save us. Um, you know, I, I've been a Conservative Party supporter. I've been a PPC supporter. Um, you know, I even, even then I just think, you know, people will get in and they're just going to be so enamored with bureaucracy and red tape and a system that is uh, desperately clinging on to um, – to trying to maximize the amount of um, money they can make and pay out to public servants and that. And I'm not disparaging public servants. Well, at least the front facing ones, um, the people actually provide services to Canadians. I'm not disparaging the the person that stamps the passport mm-hmm. in, in the passport office. I don't think they're part of the rot per se. Um, they're actually providing a service to Canadians. Um, but, but the feds aren't going to save us. They're not. No. Um, and, and the provinces, I'm very happy, um, to say that the Western premiers are taking a stand against the federal government, uh, a little too late for Scott Moe, in my opinion. Um, I've met Scott most, I've met Scott Moe several times, um, really didn't like his stance on COVID and stuff like that. Um, but I will say he's turning a bit of a leaf for me, um, Mm -hmm. You know, and I'm not a grudge holder or anything like that. We, you know, we have to reward people when they do good work and we have to criticize them when they uh, do stuff they're not supposed to be doing. That's right. And that, and that's the only way we're going to encourage it. If we, I just say, well, screw Scott Moe and that, um, even if he does something really good because he did something bad in the past and I just hate him and everything, he, he's just awful and, and that, um, well, that doesn't actually encourage you know, proper behavior from the party that I expect. Right. Um, it's just me being a doom pilled person and, and that doesn't actually help anyone. But back to my original point, where are people going to be the most efficient? They're going to be the most efficient in their communities. Um, they're, you know, municipal taking part in municipal politics, taking part. And, you know, I, I saw Jordan Peterson in Saskatoon, um, earlier this year and he said it right on the stage there of course he said it way better than i can say it because the guy's like got multiple phds and he's a public speaker but he said he said why do you think you deserve to have access to the seats of power something along i'm paraphrasing here but something along those lines and he said if you want access to powerful people you have to you have to show competence and that through my volunteer work, I've met many politicians. I've met, I, I mean, I'm, like I said, I've met Scott Moe. I've met Randy Hoback several times. I've met Kelly Block. I've met several people. Um, I've met, I met Governor General David Johnson before as well. Like I, I met these, these very high ranking politicians and then you have their ear and that's where you can let your voice be known. And they're looking at you as someone 
with a certain level of competence. Not that they shouldn't ignore people that, you know, aren't there, but it's by volunteering, you have, you, you're, you're kind of, you're buying in to have access in that way. You, you know, you can really push for those changes. I mean, I could be, I could sit here and just say, Oh, punk rock and screw the system. And, and all that. Well, the best way to change the system is from inside the system. It really is because mm-hmm. the system is built for resiliency. The The system is built for self-sustainment. It really is. Uh, so, you know, we, we saw that we saw that even during the Freedom Convoy, we saw that despite the fact that the Ottawa City Council is completely incompetent. I listened to their um, their city council meeting going that went on during um, during the freedom convoy and it's obvious that they were a bunch of just losers and that and that they were completely incompetent and capable but the system is still going to exist whether they're there or not and would you really want the system to go what's going to replace it so in in that way i'm saying when you volunteer in your community you have a say and you can make a difference and go on the business board. And then when all the businesses are saying crime is really crap in our area, then when you're on the board, you can go to the city council as the board and say, listen, fix it. And you better fix it now. And it, and when it comes from a consolidation of businesses as a volunteer on the business board, chamber of commerce, whatever they want to call them, they're the city, not that they don't listen to the citizens, but they're about to say, well, you know what? All the businesses are really pissed off at us mm-hmm. and kind of need their tax revenue to keep our phony baloney jobs. So we better do something about it. And, there, and there's more urgency, not to say that individual citizens shouldn't be heard. They absolutely should. And I encourage everyone to attend your city council meetings, talk with your city councilors, don't yell at them and don't tell them they're losers and things like that. Because that isn't going to help. It makes you feel good. I'm sure it makes people feel good to tell their city councilor that they're that yeah. they're a hack. But it does absolutely nothing to actually affect any change. You just you got catharsis. You got to feel good for a moment. Right. But nothing changes. Okay, I got a, I, I got a couple of things to say about that. So let's, first let's do of it. all, yeah, first of all, with you're right, and, and uh, what I wanted to say was. <clears throat> getting getting involved right knowing your neighbors i i personally know every one of my neighbors their names and in 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 my community because it's important for me um i i truly believe that it's important to know your 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 neighbors right uh, because i i volunteer i help them out i you know i will take care of their house when they're away or shovel their sidewalks in the winter, whatever the case is, it doesn't matter. I just think that it's really important to be neighborly and to, and to uh, have them on your side. Right. It doesn't, you never know when you're going to need your neighbor and say, Hey, you know what? I left my garage door open. We're in Mexico. Can you go over and shut the door? Right. It's as simple as that, but, but knowing your neighbors and and being able to hand to help them out, let's say there's a senior down the street and you get a, a big dump of snow. Well, that person may not have a family member that comes around. So anyway, it's really important to to know your neighbors and to help out. I think that that's critical. Um, but we need more of it, and and that's why I mentioned you know what's the spark. But now to city council and your and your thoughts about that. 
I have a real concern about city councils, about our provincial um, politicians, our federal politicians. They're all the same. During COVID, they all shut down. And nobody would answer a phone call. Nobody would answer an email. Nobody would answer anything online. So I, like, I think most Canadians are so tired of the bull, right? So yes, you should be able to just talk with them. But if you don't, an- if they don't ever answer a question, if they don't make themselves available, here's another thing. Um, you're on Twitter. If a politician is on Twitter, as a politician, they should never, ever be allowed to turn off their comments. Those people have to be approachable and have to be able to answer questions. Um, in in Alberta, we have uh, the NDP party, which is like the 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 Marxist side of of our, our political spectrum here, and um, they they just shut off all their comments. Nobody wants; they don't want to answer any questions, but they come out with a you know, wild, wild and crazy. Oh my God, Daniel Smith is going to take us down the road. And well, where are you? You're not even answering people when they question you on things. So why would, why you, you're not taken seriously, you know, if you can't even have a debate or have a discussion about these things. Anyway, that was my point. Well, just to talk, go back to the spark of volunteering. I think one of the biggest reasons why we don't see because my opinion volunteering is going down it's it's harder and harder to find volunteers especially young people it's really disheartening when i go to events and it's an 80 year old setting up tables and stuff like that because there's no one else there and this person has been volunteering for 30 damn years but no one under the age of 30 or 40 is is willing to step up and go and you know take that role and, 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 you know, and it was, we like to, you know, as we say, like remembrance day pass the torch. Um, it, it's very, very, um, difficult. And then these community services close, uh, volunteer services. And then people say, well, there's no, there's no good vol, you know, community <laughs> events near me. Um, because, because we're, we're a greedy society. We are, it's all about what's in it for me. How can I benefit? Right. And, and, and unfortunately it's, it's, um, it's really, really common now. And I will say this, you know, when it comes to when, when people complain about woke nonsense and the fact that our society is turned extreme left, um, I mean, we are living we're living in a liberal society. I had someone once tell me, well, we need to go back to classic conservatism, true classic conservatism. I said, pre enlightenment. Okay, sure. Then we'll get the King back over here and you'll be a serf. There'll be no class mobility. You won't really have any rights. Um, and you can live in a classic conservative society. Sure. Sure. Let's, let's do it. Let's go back to the monarchy and, and feudalism. I mean, I, have my own thoughts on that. We're in a neo-feudal society now, but you know, with the woke nonsense and that, you know what, when conservatives stayed home and watched football, guess who went to the school board meetings? Guess who got themselves positions on all these boards? It was these liberals and Marxists and they got their, they stacked the deck by getting the majority vote on a lot of these different things. And then they pass their insane policies and everyone's like, how did this happen? Well, right. 
when conservatives we got comfortable and we yeah. stayed home, they they were told in their universities, you will go out there and you will preach the word of of socialist ideology. Yeah. You'll join the organizations and you'll pass all this stuff. And, and that's why I'm not buying the 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 stuff of oh well we need to tear down Remembrance Day because it doesn't represent veterans anymore and that oh great another Canadian tradition gone great why well, because you you're just a nihilist doom pillar well don't you think okay so I don't know maybe it's different uh, where you are but but I but I see so this these um, uh, in regard to the Canadian military saying that you couldn't have prayer right I think that that's one of the steps. Uh, th- that's leading towards removing a remembrance day, right? It's, it's removing each of these traditions step by step. But I think that that's the, the Marxist step of removing traditions. I mean, historically, that's how you do a color revolution is you, you take down the traditions uh, of, of the previous society. Oh yeah. You got to get rid of the four olds, right? That's right. That's right. And, and, and so I think that, um, when I'm when I'm speaking about Remembrance Day being an, annihilated, it's not um, it, on the conservative side. It's just a, a laissez-faire sort of attitude, right? They're they're not paying attention. It's the same sort of thing, like you said. They're watching football and um, and, and watching some other TV show, and they're not paying attention to what's happening. And so again, but they're, just to come but they're back. Rage- to- well, sorry, yeah. but they're but they're also rage tweeting on Twitter, and they're making videos about how awful it all is. And I'm like, okay, right. but what are you doing to change it? I mean, I get it. I rage tweet on Twitter. I go, <laughs> I, I see, I see a liberal politician post something crazy. I'm like, okay, time to do some manic tweets for the next hour, and that. Um, yeah. But but what are you doing to actually change it? And I'm well, not saying that. No, we have to get up off the couch and we have to get people uh, engaged in politics and and engaged in their community. And I think that's what we're getting at uh, with this conversation is really we're hoping that um, and I'm and I'm grateful for Saskatchewan and you guys, because I think that you're uh, of the of a similar mentality as we are in, in here in Alberta. And I think that we need to. Um, we we do have more of a community feel. I know we have a community feel. Uh, I wish I was in a smaller town, but I mean, we have to make do with what we have. Right. And so I'm in a, in a bigger city. So, but I'm still going to try and make my community as, 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 uh, as small as possible and as, as uh, connected as I can. So I don't think that you have to live in a small town, but it is, it is pretty cool that, uh, you know, the, the Legion is the place where everybody meets up at and, Mm-hmm. Um, you know that's kind of a nice thing, but really, it's well, it's about connecting all of our all of our people, and then getting engaged, and then making our politicians. And this is one of the other things I wanted to mention is that you were you were hitting on this already. Is that we need to make sure that they're all going in the right direction. Like we're holding the reins as tight as possible, and we're and we're not letting them get away. Like you're not going left, you're not going right, not an inch. I need you to go directly this way. And, uh, and I think hopefully um, I know I'm speaking only for Alberta at this point, hopefully a good, a good enough portion of us have woken up to the fact that we uh, let the previous premier get away with too much. So. Well, I just, 
If you don't mind, I just want to build one more aspect into community involvement and engagement. Let's talk about crime for a second. I love this topic. I wrote on my Substack quite a bit about the social contract, the habitus of Canada, stuff like that. Okay, so let's say you live in a small town and there's an RCMP station in town. And you know, and everyone knows in town that there's one house and it's the meth house in town. Everyone Mm. knows. Mm -hmm. And the RCMP knows and they know that you know that they know. You know, like it's everyone says, yeah, yeah, don't have your kids walk by that house. It's the bad house. And and everyone goes and they complain to the RCMP to shut the house down. Well, the RCMP, they have to follow their rules and they have to follow their policies and they and they have to respect the rights of the criminal to an umpteenth degree. And that and and that's what we get for living in a society with that where we have rights. And I mean, we could have a whole conversation on that, but we're in I we don't want to take up your time. <laughs> uh, but, but, but I'll say this. So you go to your RCMP and you tell them, listen, why aren't you shutting this meth house down? And they basically tell you, well, it's on the list for the scan unit to do a crackdown on. And, you know, if you see anything in your community, make sure you report it and stuff like that. And that's where most people say, okay, okay, that's all I can do. But is it really, is that, is is that really all you can do? Or are you just passing the buck? So what if this happened instead, you got together with all your neighbors and he said, you know what? We don't like that meth house in town because criminals are cowardly. They are. They enjoy the dark because w- when their activities are in the dark, they're unimpeded and they're unbothered and they're able to engage in their criminal activities. We can get into broken window theory. We can get into crime prevention through environmental design. There's a lot of topics we could branch off to here. But instead of going that route, what if instead you got together with 10 people? And you all made signs, and the sign said, disgusting meth dealer lives here. And you all went out, and you stood outside the house. And every single day for a week, you stood outside the house, and you waved the signs. And every time a car popped by and parked there, people were taking pictures of license plates and and reporting, you know, descriptions to the police and that. What's going to happen pretty quick is they're going to abandon their operation there and they're going to move somewhere else. And if they don't, if they turn to violence, then well, that only like threats or anything like that, all that does is that further enables the RCMP to take action sooner. Mm -hmm. And there you go. You've taken responsibility in your community. You haven't left it to some third party federal police force or whoever. You haven't left it up to fate or chance you have taken charge of your community. And let's say, you know, people are nervous and they're like, well, you know, they're, they're gang members, right? They're West side outlaw or native syndicate or terror squad, whatever. And that, well, then you get 30 people and you do it. And I don't care. They're not going to 30 people show up and they're mad. All right. You're not going to get intimidated. You're Mm -hmm. not. Mm-hmm. Because what are they going to do? Are they going to are they going to kill thirty people? Way to way to literally overnight turn your entire operation into the biggest heat score on planet Earth. 
Right. I mean, the, the, the resources that would come down on them would be godly and that. But so instead what they'll do is they'll pack up shop and they'll move somewhere else. And it probably won't be your community. And there mm-hmm. you go. The meth dealers out of your community. You didn't have to rely on the police to do it. You did it as your community. And these are the people forget they have this power that they don't have to just rely on, on a mythical police force to do these things. I mean, we had block parent years ago. Um, uh, was it, um, there's been different programs, citizens on patrol, stuff like that, but I'm saying, take it a step further mm-hmm. and that, and just say, you know what, our community isn't going to tolerate this type of negative social behavior. Mm-hmm. We're going to do something about it. And I'm not saying you get a vigilante mob together and you go and you burn the house down with pitchforks and that, Yeah, no, but you, but you exercise your rights, your right to have a safe society, a safe city, a safe town. And that, you know, it, all this protesting that we see right. You know, um, I, I call it the protest circuit. Um, where you get a bunch of leftists on one side, a bunch of conservatives on the other, and they clash together and the police are there holding them apart. Like that's all catharsis. It's useless. I, mm-hmm. I, you know, it does actually nothing to really solve anything. It's just no. people trying to get their, their hits in uh, the best way that they can. There are some notable exceptions. I'll, I think of Chris Elston as a notable exception to that because he has a very clear message and that, and it drives the leftists nuts by the end of the day, these communities and that like, you know, the, we don't have to live in fear. We don't have to rely on the government. We have power. We just have to be good community members. Well, I think that's a really good point is a, is a reminder <clears throat> that we, that we don't need the government. And this is what we've <clears throat> unfortunately have gotten into this position. And I think it's part, uh, part of, the basis of our conversation is that um, we we believe and we have gone to sleep to allow the small minority of our of our community to be the leaders and they make decisions and they put themselves into power and we we kind of went to sleep and really you're right if we you know, gather as a community, we have more power and they work for us. And that's one of the things that we forgot is that they were supposed to be here for us. Right. As opposed to the other way around. Absolutely. Well, it's not only do they work for us policing, you know, go back to Robert Peel and the principles of policing. The people are the police and the police are the people. Now I, I don't hate cops. I have a big issue with how they handle COVID and selective enforcement. And I've written about the fact that the meter maid will bypass a meth addict who's threatening to uh, kill people on the sidewalk to write a ticket on a vehicle. And that, um, by the end of the day, the, we have to realize that we have to encourage good behavior in our police and encourage them to go after crime instead of policing what I low hanging fruit, like, right. Tra- you know, it, the worst thing ever is like, you know, you get pulled over by a traffic stop in town for doing 10 over the speed limit or something like that. And you look over and there's someone shooting up, you know, heroin or meth or whatever, you know, literally just in the corner while you're getting written a ticket. And the, you know, mm-hmm. there's, I, 
don't like lowbrow policing like that, but we have the power and we, everyone, the people, like I said, the people are the police. We are the police. They're not, they're not above us. And there are there, we should view them, you know, in term of stakeholderism, we should view them as partners and that, but like any partner, you have to hold them accountable. Yeah, that's right. So, um, before we end off here, Russell, I really have uh, uh, enjoyed our conversation, and I think that um, we addressed a number of issues, one of them being legion and community and community services and volunteerism. I really appreciate uh, having those conversations and uh, and discussing that with you. Now, uh, anything else that you want to just speak about or say in regard to Remembrance Day? Because we're, we're fast approaching the day, and... Um, uh, and I had you on here, you know, specifically for that. So um, I'll, I'll give you the last couple of minutes here. All I'll say is this, go to your local ceremony, participate in the act of remembrance and remember that there's people who gave their lives by being killed or later on coming back and taking their own life or coming back with injuries that impede their quality of life, whether mentally or physically, and that combat and war is hell. It's absolutely terrible. And that we have to remember that there's people that stepped up to go into those places and to engage in what they believe to be the protection of Canada. And that we need to respect that because we have created a society where men are not expected to go to war anymore. Our military is a voluntary force. People voluntarily join. And we have to respect the fact that people voluntarily signed up and that many of them paid the ultimate sacrifice for this country. Fantastic. I appreciate that. Um, really, really sad time when I think about, uh, the people that paid their price. Um, I guess, I guess I want people to, um, to wear their poppy with pride. Um, Saskatchewan made it a law that you can actually wear your poppy. And that, that just drives me insane that we actually had to use such precise language to make sure in this day of 2023 that uh, we were allowed to wear a poppy. But I appreciate uh, uh, Premier Mo, Mo doing it and bringing, bringing more uh, awareness to Remembrance Day even by doing that. So uh, that is a wonderful thing. So, um, But I, I wish all of you a uh, wonderful, wonderful uh, week ahead. God bless to you all. And uh, Russell, thank you for joining me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, I hope that we are able to do uh, many more, many more podcasts together. Bruce, thank you so much for having me on the show today and letting me uh, talk about Remembrance Day, the Legion, volunteerism, uh, community engagement. It was a great conversation and there's lots more topics to talk about. Yeah, I think that we have lots to talk about. I look forward to it. And uh, again, God bless to you all. Take care.